Fidelity. What's it cost to invest with the Fidelity app? Start with as little as $1 with no account fees or trade commissions on U.S. stocks and ETFs. Hmm, that's music to my ears. I can only talk. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Zero account fees apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Zero dollar commission applies to online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity accounts. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Are you tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, we wanted to ask you about one one moment on this date um, when you compared yourself to a strawberry. <laughs> We got to talk about this, Diggy. I don't know. I'm looking back, and that's probably the hardest part about the episode to watch. Is like, why, why did I say that? Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about the Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. So here's what happens when the guys on Paradise get the power. They all turn into trash. Dee Dee Babies, for example, uh, is apparently a budding fuckboy. Honestly, like, it's just hard to watch as girls like Christina and D'Lo are juggled by guys like Dean and Adam. Like, these are not, these are, like, nice guys, but should they really be juggling two perfect women apiece? It's just, there's no justice It just shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. I can't wait for the girls to have the roses again and just, like, instill a little more civility and a little more, like, justice. Like, end the mess. I agree. So we were supposed to be joined in studio today by Diggy, a.k.a. Kenneth Moreland, to talk about this week's episodes. But unfortunately, he got stranded in Chicago. So we're doing at least most of this recap solo. But he will be joining us by phone a little later to talk about Paradise and how popular he suddenly became last night. And obviously his glasses. We have a lot of questions about those. But for now, let's get into it and um, our approximately... 13 to 14 pages of notes. It's 14 plus. (laughs) There's just no downtime on a Bachelor in Paradise episode. There's no procedure. It's just all conversation. It's all drama. And that's why it's fun. It's really fun. But it's hard to take notes on. Yeah. Um, Also, we got a little surprise in the New York area Mm. (laughs) this week where Monday's episode uh, was completely preempted by both football and Donald Trump's speech. And I was like, these are two of my least favorite things to watch. Yeah. So my Monday night was terrible. ABC lost me as a viewer for that evening. (laughs) I did not. I I did change the dial. Um, But... I, we did end up watching it, obviously. It's our job. Um, I watched it on Hulu. Me too. Um, which is not an ideal note-taking experience, but we made it. Here we are. Let's get into night one. Um, 
We open on the dudes broing out uh, and Lacey, who is the token sad girl of paradise. A sad girl is generous. <laughs> um, I mean, basically, we are coming in not too long before the first rose ceremony. So the girls have the roses. There are four more of them than the guys, but they still feel like they don't have options because a lot of these guys are not trying to get to know them, are just hanging out with each other. Um, that like mo- most of these people Hello. were from the same season, so it's a lot of Rachel's dudes who are friends, a lot of um, mixed girls. Mix girls who are friends with each other. So it's easy for them to fall into just like chilling instead of pursuing uh, romance. I heard an interview that Wells gave on some podcast, which now I'm forgetting. Maybe it was Ashley I and Ben's, and he was saying because he sort of straddled the lines as cast member and and staff, and he said that production kept telling him to remind everyone, like the guys, to like make sure they're talking to the women and not just each other. Oh, my God. That is so sad that that was necessary. <laughs> Nothing makes you feel more, more desired as a woman than the bartender being like, please go talk to her, dude. Like, honestly. Like, also, there are some great women on this season of Paradise. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, Lacey. But, so Adam um, arrives, um, and everyone just finds Adam totally handsome. As viewers, we feel like we're seeing him for the first time, essentially. And he was final six on Rachel's season. Um, he was one of the fi- the silent Right, final. one of the, the, the two finalists, Matt, who is also here, also one of those people who'd never got a one-on-one date. We barely saw them, and yet they made it almost to the end. The little I saw of Adam, I didn't love during Rachel's season. And we saw some of the similar dynamics um, crop up on Paradise, too, where he talks a lot about, like, his objectives and what he feels like he can bring to a relationship and what he wants in Like, he has a very business-oriented— I think business he annoyed me less, though, yeah. in Paradise. Um, like, it definitely comes off better when the girl— um, Is interested. <laughs> is interested, right, where he's not just like, here's what I want and here's what I'm going to do. And, like, like if they're receptive to it, it's, it's less grating. So Adam chats with both Christina and Raven, um, and and at this point, Christina is getting increasingly f- frustrated with Dean, who is just kind of refusing to engage in a real conversation with her. At one point, like rolls off of a futon to go shower when she asks to to talk about the state of their relationship. I I just like I wanted to be Dean in so many scenes where he's just napping on giant pillows in the sun. And it I'm is like really hot. That's and humid my there. ideal vacation, <laughs> to be honest. That's kind of how I spent my honeymoon. However, um, it's not fun for Christina, who is desperate to get some clarity on their situation. Right, and Dean keeps kind of putting it back on her. He's like, "Whatever you decide, you know, I support you." To Adam, when he says he might have interest in Christina, he kind of keeps telling Christina like. Do what you will. Like, it's just sort of unclear. Um, But ultimately, Adam decides to take out Raven. Raven. And he hung out with Raven in Dallas over the hiatus. I think they all flew through Dallas and some of them stayed stayed, uh, together, um, hung out. And um, Raven, obviously, has been, at this point, the topic of some hot competition between Robbie and Ben Z. Neither of whom she seems very into. Right. Um, so when Adam arrives and takes her out, she seems pretty like, OK, this is the direction I'm going to go. <laughs> um, and uh, Wells, Wells calls this, by the way, a love nest. Which <laughs> I is, love Wells' commentary. He's a great narrator. I was like, there is a word for this. It's love triangle. But love nest also is a word for something quite different. 
That's true. I, do you think he was referring to the fact that it's more than three? Well, he said with Ben and Robbie. Mm. You know, okay. the, it can also be a love pyramid once you add a third or a guy. Ah, a right? three-dimensional figure. Like, yeah, yes, imagine I see. It I see. Yeah, no, it just I got there. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so meanwhile, Alex is still here at this point. I've already forgotten about yeah, him. Yeah, me too. I was so glad to see him go. <laughs> and he's getting pretty pissy with Amanda because she promised him the rose, and then ten days happened. She no longer wants to give him the rose. And he kind of feels like he should just get it. Like that that would be the right thing for her to do would be to give him the rose. And like it's it's like, a very – What have uh, you done to earn this rose, Alex? He got her to promise <laughs> that she'd give it to him and that should be enough. And then he realized that he must be an asshole to women in order to win them over. So yeah. he's really learned so just, some valuable lessons and obviously deserves So basically he should just keep doing the same thing. Um, and And – I'm sure it'll get him different results this time. Meanwhile, Robbie thinks he was in the same boat with Raven, that he also would have gotten the rose before the hiatus. We know that's not true because at the time Raven said she was going to give her rose to Ben. Um, Robbie's sort of self-delusion is one one of the constants we see with him throughout this episode. Um, ben Z is really hung up on the fact that his dog is the same age as Raven's dog. I feel a little bit for Ben because I do think that the editors have just decided the only parts of his conversations they're going to air are about his dog. I thought I blamed the edit at first and the the amount of, like, it's still too much. (laughs) It's still too much. You're right. I'm sorry. Also— Also, when I hear a guy say, my dog is exactly eight months old, I'm like, how do you know that? Who knows that? People who got their dog from a breeder know that. And I'm like, I kind of like, I feel like rescuing is such an important thing to do. that Like, I always kind of side eye people who are really proud of their like pure breed puppies they got from breeders. I'm not judging him. Especially like uh, for his, his dog is his dog. dog is like a Rottweiler. It's not like I needed <laughs> the perfect like hypoallergenic dog. It's like I wanted a Rottweiler. Like okay, Ben. Um, well, yeah. Most of what we see of Ben is either he's talking about his dog or he's carrying big rocks on the beach. Uh, it, they've sort of he's sort of coming off as a bit doltish. I think is yeah, the right word. I feel bad for yeah, Ben. Yeah, he seems like a sweetheart. He's been extremely friend zoned. All the women think that someone else. Should that he's a great guy, but yeah. like for someone else, <laughs> yeah, someone else who also has a dog. Like even all the girls who have dogs, they're like maybe someone else with a dog, but not me. My interest in my dog is not the same. Um, so Adam wakes up and comes to the breakfast table, asks Raven out, um, in kind of like the most obnoxious way that you could ask someone out. Like usually they kind of pull them away. Um, he's like, I'm going to build the suspense. And then he finally says Raven and Christina's sitting there. And it's just like a weird, weird moment. Yeah, Christina's kind of disappointed because I think she was hoping to have another option to explore other than Dean. Yeah. And she does not have one. Yeah. Although she did, she sabotaged herself because when uh, Adam talked to her, she was like, I'd have to ask Dean before I went out That's with true. you. That's true. Like, who, who wants to deal yeah, with no that? Yeah, no one wants to deal with that. Um, Especially because Adam and Dean are good friends, and we know that. Yeah. 
So uh, this is, you know, one of the times when she tries to have a conversation with him and fails. This um, is the time he rolls away to take a shower. She's talking to a lot of the other guys. She talks to Diggy. To um, she talks to Jack, Jack. Stone. And Jack Stone at one point says to the camera, Dean's great if you're in middle school. Dean's not great if you're an actual adult with a career. Which was a sick burn, but also I laughed a bit. And and they clearly all all these guys love Dean, so I, yeah. I think his point. And I do think that Dean's age really showed in this episode. He came off as I don't think he's a malicious person, but I think he's one of those guys that fancies himself a quote unquote nice guy. Mm-hmm. And what that actually means is that he's so conflict averse that he refuses to um, properly communicate with anyone. <laughs> Yeah. Um, He thinks it's nicer to ignore Christina for a few days. We'll talk. We'll get into this later. Um, Um, (laughs) There are just so many things that happen. Um, I noticed that Adam put on a ton of hairspray, which I didn't think that his hairstyle required hairspray. I did not notice that. I I have a note about Iggy lifting weights while other men narrate about nacho cheese. I was like, this seems like a fun. Right, because I think one of them said he should relish the moment. And Iggy was like, oh, condiments, mustard the moment. I'm going to catch up in the moment. And then Alex says, I'm going to nacho cheese in the moment. And he's like, yeah, I really nailed that one. And Taylor says, you know, the guys are maybe focused more on bromances. And then she says, who knows? This could be a totally different season of Paradise. Wink. I was like, oh, no, no, Taylor. Uh, Also, you know, that if two people of the same gender fell in love on Paradise, there's no mechanism for that. They can't give each other a rose, which is really I've never noticed it before. The show is quite heteronormative. Never noticed it before. Never noticed it, but it occurs to me now. Crazy. Um, Ben once again points out that he and Raven have dogs. Hers is a German Shepherd, and his is a Rottweiler. So, yeah, I think every time dogs and and I love (laughs) dogs, and someone pointed this out on Twitter, but like it is actually amazing how boring uh, Ben makes dogs sound. Like I, I love dogs. I mean, I. I, dogs At are great. Have a photo right. of a cute puppy. I love my cat. People don't love to hear me talk about that all the time. <laughs> no, it's like a limited run uh, point of conversation. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, this you is this in. is my cat. Um, she's cute. She likes to, you know, scratch my face in the morning so that I'll feed her. It's you know, it's so adorable. And then you move End on. End of conversation. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else to say. Um, and but Adam and Raven go on their date. And I like them together. Yeah. Um, She talks about her connections with Ben and Robbie. Um, She says she's still actually interested in Ben, um, although that kind of diminishes over the course of the episode. I mean, and you just see it's it's kind of night and day given what we've seen in her conversations with Robbie and Ben. And then there seems to be somewhat of a spark on this date. Like she's laughing. And Raven is a really like energetic, fun-loving person. So, But we've seen a lot of patient listening face from her. Exactly. And I don't think that is um, necessarily what she needs or desires from a romantic coupling. Definitely. Um, She said that she had preconceived notions about Robbie, but she tried to have an open mind on their date. And then she says, well, the preconceived notions turned out to be accurate. (laughs) She's hilarious. Yeah, Robbie's so done. Um, 
And so it's it's time for the rose ceremony, basically, after this date. Um, she continues to – they go dancing. We hear Ben The dates are largely boring to watch. And, yeah, they're pretty boring. But rose ceremonies, always exciting. This year uh, – or this week, <laughs> it's thunderstorming at the rose ceremony. Wow. Um, Setting the scene. And they keep saying – like, I just noticed this this week. People keep saying, like, the girls have the power this week. And it just sounds to me like, you know, those like middle school novels, like that would be long series about like a summer camp rivalry or something. Yes. It would be like the boys get back and the girls get yeah, even. Yeah, wait, what books are those? Well, I don't know. Wait, I read those. The girls get even? Yes. Wait, it was the neighbors and the, the two families. Yes. Oh, it's by Phyllis Reynolds Naylor. I love those books. Yes. Um. So that's what I think of now every time. Uh, what a fantastic they... <laughs> reference. I read all those books. Oh, I love Phyllis Reynolds Naylor. She's great. Um, if you are in a middle school uh, era in your life, uh, definitely check them out. Um, and also maybe don't watch Bachelor in Paradise. So. <laughs> or if you just want a little bit of nostalgia to yeah. your younger years. Um, Could do a lot worse. Yeah. Um, so Robbie points out there are eight dudes and 12 females. <laughs> Sounds like he's on safari. He's one of those men <laughs> who calls women females. That is such a pet peeve of mine. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the guys are going all out during the rose ceremony after spending the last couple of days, you know, eating nachos together. Then they the desperation is palpable yeah, among some of them. None of them played the long game. It's kind of incredible at the, the degree of – it's like they all forgot that this was going to happen and then two hours before the, the rose ceremony took place, they were like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go in hard now and she'll never notice that yeah, I'm just like doing it for Vinny, the Vinny, like who we hardly have seen this entire time, like Nick. I mean Iggy, it's just – oh, it's just a nightmare to watch him yeah, be so desperate. Appar- um, Alexis and Jack Stone apparently have been hanging out. I think in a friendly way, they're just good friends. I, I yeah. actually enjoy some of those like friendly couplings that end up happening, where they're just like, "You're fucking cool. Let's give each other roses." Uh, yeah. I'm into that. Jack seems like a good guy. I want more of Alexis. I feel upset that she has yet again often been relegated to the blooper credits. Well, we do see some good stuff of her uh, True, when with the Christina Jasmine. thing yes. blows but, up. But, like, she's such a gem at yeah. one point. But she's not really getting in the mix romantically, maybe, because she had a boyfriend, had a boyfriend. at home. Yeah. Um, Which is, but that kind of often relegates people to the sidelines right. a little she bit. She doesn't really have a romantic storyline. Yeah. Um, I did laugh when she said, like, I feel like God is telling me something uh, about <laughs> the fact that it's taken them three years to do one rose ceremony. Yeah, probably. She, she has a point. Um, ben Z makes a last case for Raven, and they talk about his dog more. Uh, he tells her what he did on his hiatus, and he's like, I just went back and hung out with my dog, and I like to go on trips with the with the dog. So we compare that, and yeah, then— I actually wrote, she looks fatally <laughs> bored. Like, her face is just like, I could die right now and be less bored. And then we go right to Adam, who starts, like, salsa dancing with Raven, and they're laughing, and they kiss. It's, yeah. it's a no-brainer. Um, Robbie, meanwhile, is like, well, Raven's not working out. I guess I'm going to go for this other super beautiful woman who's available and that no one's really paying attention to. And, Poor uh, me. that his good buddy, Josh, used to be engaged to. But apparently he doesn't care all of that much about his relationship yeah. with Josh, which he should Fair enough. I mean, the thing that's weird for me is that they sit down and Amanda's like, so— 
how important is your relationship to Josh? And he's like, it's really important. I actually don't want to say his name. I'm going to call him anonymous. And I'm like, well, he was kind of terrible to her. So wouldn't it be weird for her not to date her ex's friend so much as to date someone who's still really close to a guy who from reportedly what I hear, sucked as a partner? From what I hear, Robbie and Josh are no longer friends. Well, yeah. <laughs> like he made his choice. But um, obviously Robbie has no problem associating himself with horrible men. Like that's yeah, been well established. That's true. Um <laughs> She goes in for a kiss, and she says she's not ready. I kind of love Amanda. Yeah. And she hugs him, and she says, thank you. You're really sweaty. <laughs> Which, you know. He's wearing an all-black suit with—or not no jacket, but all-black pants and long sleeve shirt with a blue bow tie. It's just an odd look. He definitely assembled that on his Bed. Let's be clear that back D- before Diggy he looks packed. way better in a bow tie than Robbie does. I mean, Diggy looks better than most people in <laughs> yeah, a bow tie. That's true. Um, but he definitely like assembled all his outfits on his bed before he packed, and he was like, "Great idea." And then he got to Mexico, and it was 105 degrees, and he was like, "Well, with 100 percent humidity, I planned these dope outfits. I'm I gonna wear to them." them. Um, so Nick B is also trying to talk to Amanda. Um, because he's failed with Jasmine. Nick B has really not done himself any favors. Um, Jasmine is trying to really reconnect with Matt. And he's it, been kind of drifting. And it kind of seems like they're, at least for now, back on a an okay yeah. track. It's weird. They have these conversations where it seems like they're saying different things, but they're acting like they're saying the same thing. Like, she's <laughs> like, oh... I wanted to hang out with you more. And he's like, sure. And then she's like, I didn't think the show needed to be about like getting married. But, you know, we found this really natural connection and it's so great. And he's like, cool. I like hanging out, too. And I'm like, she's like, implying that, that she's ready to get married to you. Do you notice that at all? He's just like, I'm, I'm glad you have my back. Yeah. Not really what she was saying. She's like, yeah, I'm glad you have my back, too. And I can't wait for your proposal. Like. You're right. not She's listening like, to each other. husband material. He's definitely trying to be in a relationship. <laughs> and Matt says, I just want to pinch your cheeks. Yeah. No. <laughs> so I think that this is eventually going to implode. But for now, they're, like, cute and yeah. together. Um, Iggy and Ugh. Diggy both go for okay. Lacey. I'm sorry. We have to talk about this Iggy moment. I really want to hear your thoughts very, on it as a, was, as a Jew, Jewish felt, woman. Everything about it made me so uncomfortable. So Iggy pulls Lacey aside and starts with, obviously, you're Jewish. Anyone a, can tell. A big part of your culture <laughs> is blessings. So I'm going to bless our drinks. And he says, first of all, that is the Hebrew prayer that you say over wine on a holiday or like on, on a Shabbat. Yeah. You not on a random. It's a big part of Jewish culture to just constantly bless any alcoholic <laughs> right, drink yeah. that you're about to also, consume. Also, like wine, like it literally that translates to like the fruit of the vine. They're drinking some weird mixed tequila drink. Tequila it's, is the fruit of the agave plant. Yeah, yeah, and I think, and I'm sure that's <laughs> what um, was intended with this blessing. But it just was. It was just weird and such an odd, misguided attempt to connect with her culturally. Like, there's lots yeah. of ways you actually could ask questions about someone else's he's culture. He's not interested. He's absolutely not interested in her. He couldn't even remember whether it was her grandmother or grandfather who died five minutes after she told him about it. Like, 
Yeah. This is just such a weird, desperate attempt. And also, like, I, as a Jewish woman, this would not be a turn-on in any capacity. No. This would not be read as a way that is a, a good attempt to connect with me or my culture. This would just be read as, like, you have no idea what Jew, like anything about Judaism, what Jewish people do, also who gave you a weird transliterated version of this prayer to memorize. It it really read to me like, first of all, like a first night stunt on The Bachelor, which like he's known her for two weeks now, so he's got to do better than a, a first night stunt. Also, like it did really read as if like I'm Catholic if someone came up to me and was like, hey girl, here's a Necco wafer. And I know this is a big part of your culture. I'm going to say the body of Christ, and I'm going to hand it to you, and you're going to eat it. Wow. We just did the Eucharist. It's like, no. (laughs) Right. This is relevant for any religion or culture. It's just an inappropriate gesture. Right. It's not like this is my hobby, and I enjoy enacting this whenever. That's not what it is. Um, Diggy goes a little more straightforward. Um, He's just like, yeah, I like you, girl. And she's like, I like your sincerity. And then they kiss. And it's like, okay, I don't really feel like Diggy genuinely likes her that much. I don't feel like she genuinely likes him that much. She just wants someone to make a passing attempt at pretending that they like her. But at the very least, Diggy is making an attempt to connect with her even on a vaguely human level. Yes. And um, so Lacey will settle for that. And to her credit, like, what else is she supposed to do besides leave? Uh, and she's She should also, leave. She should leave. But she's been clear that she's waiting around for Daniel. That's true. And we know Daniel's coming. So Someday. I have a sneaking suspicion that she knows he is going to be there eventually as well. I mean, this is sort of probably like a Joe and Samantha situation, yeah. although I'm not sure that he is. I don't think he's... Yeah, well, yeah, I guess we'll see, but but they tend to to know a certain amount. So Alex at this or Alex gets sat down by Amanda now, and she tells him she's giving her rose to someone else, and he is bizarrely he shocked, surprised because she has given him no encouragement that we can see for days now. He and, also tries to compare himself to Alexis, which is just insane. Yeah, and. You know, he's he, like, tries to talk to all the girls. And none of them are interested Even in Even Raven. I'm like, she has three guys competing for her. And she's genuinely interested in at least two of them. <laughs> and you think you're going to come in last minute and be like, hey, Amanda, fuck me over. What do you think? No, that's not how this works. I love Jasmine's commentary. She just kind of looks over and is, Alex is a, a little thirsty. Like, extremely yeah. thirsty. <laughs> At this point, Dean decides to finally have the honest conversation with Christina that he should have had two days before. But at least he does it before the rose ceremony. Yeah, I give him credit for that. I give him credit for saying, hey, I want to pump the brakes a little bit. And if you want to give your rose, you know, to someone else, I'll understand. Yeah. And she's— But he still does say that he wants to keep spending time with her. Yeah. So it's—I could see how if you're someone who—when you like someone, you often will take little scraps that they throw your way. And I I don't think Christina is completely naive, but I think she's hoping that this will turn around because they did—also, we need to keep in mind that we only saw them connect for a day or two, but they spent—they went on a 10-day trip together. Yeah. I think that he— 
frames this in a way that is intended to hurt her feelings less, but it also gives the impression that, like he says, here's the thing, we got really close really quickly, it's too fast for me, I need to slow down, I need to, you know, explore my options a little bit more. But what that can sound like to someone who is receiving that in Christina's situation is he's scared by how quickly this is happening and he wants a different pace to the relationship. Right. Not he doesn't I'm backing want to off. date me at all. Right. Like it's like your your boyfriend being like maybe you shouldn't sleep over every night but also never because I don't want you to sleep over. <laughs> and I don't want to like, be with you at all. Oh, it's okay. He just wants to get better sleep on school nights. I understand. It's like no, that's not what he's saying. Um, so she does end up giving him her rose um, because she feels like— Also, who else would she give it to? Right. <laughs> oh, Alex tries. <laughs> like, no one wants Alex around, let's be clear. Well, I mean, what? like, she just has got, had this painful conversation with this guy she's been dating, and he comes in and says, so it seems like you guys are unraveling a little bit, huh? What do you think? I'm I'm available. Here I am, Alex. So that doesn't work. We finally get to the rose ceremony Um Taylor obviously gives her rose to Derek, and they always tend to start with the more for sure roses. Uh, then Jasmine gives hers to Matt, Raven to Adam. Ben is kind of like, well, I'm fucked. <laughs> He's like, I didn't leave my dog for nothing to happen. <laughs> uh, Alexis gives hers to Jack Stone, Lacey to Diggy, and then Danielle M. decides to save Ben Z because she thinks he's a super awesome human. Yeah. I love Danielle M., She's great. She's great. And then Christina gives hers to Dean, and Amanda's the last woman to hand out a rose. He, Alex is really sure that the right thing for her to do is to stand by her original promise, even though she <laughs> now is repulsed by the very sight of him. <laughs> and Amanda gives her rose to Robbie. Her options here were bleak. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, you have to be like, well, she is choosing to spend her time with Robbie, but yeah, rough options. Uh, going home, Alex, Iggy, Vinny, and Nick B. Nick B is the only one that seemed like he might have been more interesting than the amount of screen time he got. Also, he's 35. I, I noted that, too. Not, yeah. Um, it makes He was on JoJo makes, season, so he would have been, what, 33? And JoJo was, like, 25. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like he needs to move on to a different <laughs> method of dating. Uh, Vinny can't get the seatbelt to pull out, which um, is actually, kind of the was, last way we see him. And, and it was pretty endearing, actually, because Vinny has a good attitude about these kind of things. He's just sort of laughing at the seatbelt. Yeah. Like, he he's, seems like a good dude. Um, also, Christina's romper that she was wearing was amazing. There's so much good it style on this season. It was like a purple, like low cut. It looked like almost – it was either fit very well or she had done some sort of invisible – Tape oh, yeah. thing is one of those like really sexy, low cut, but but the rest of your Emma's doing arms great are, hand yeah, motions right now. The rest of your body is see. covered up. I don't know. I really I like that <laughs> style, and she just yeah. is anyone who lets Christina go is an idiot in my yeah. opinion. Um, and she and Dean are kind of reconnecting now, which is weird. Like she's, you know, she doesn't want him to leave. Basically, even though things are shaky, it also seems like both of them, after they have this conversation, feel like the pressure is off. Dean feels yeah. a little less pressure, which means he's not ignoring her anymore. Right? They think the pressure is off, but in sort of different ways. 
Like she thinks they're going to get to continue sort of exclusively like exploring a relationship, relationship, but maybe not be Taylor, Derek coupled up. He thinks this means now she's just one of many girls that I get to have fun with and she's fun. This is fun. Um, He's like, I'm excited to see how you're going to suck up to me over the next couple of days, Um, which is just like, Dean, you just basically were like, I don't really want to see you so much anymore. So don't like hook her in by being like, impress me. That, like, kind of icked me Right. Out. He clearly enjoys spending time with Christina. I don't know how—it makes me wonder how well Dean knows himself and his own desires. Not very well. Desires. Yeah. So, um, of course, we know that this sort of rekindling of joy means that they are going to send someone in immediately to throw a wrench in it. And that person is D'Lo, Danielle Lombard. Yeah. Um, beautiful— very nice girl from Nick's season, one of the ones who got dumped by Nick right after she said she was falling in love with him. Yeah. As half of them did. And she was someone that Nick uh, gravitated to very quickly, and so do all of the guys because she is perfect looking. So bizarre. The, like, Adam even saying, like, she's fine, like a glass of wine. I was like, did they go around and just ask— all of the guys, like, yes. do you think Dilo's hot? Because <laughs> I yes. feel like that's what happened. That's definitely Diggy what happened. Diggy says everything is perfect about her. I mean. Ben Z says uh, she knows exactly what she's doing with that dress. And yeah. Dean says on a scale of one to physically attractive, I'll take physically attractive for 500, which is not how that's two that's things the joke, mixed Emma. together. Yeah, well, it didn't work. Um, and, like, she's wearing a maxi dress, but, like, it's somehow a- it covers nothing. Like it's like I a, liked this dress. It's just like trails of good. fabric coming. She off is of also her. extremely stunning. But the, the thing, thing is, everyone on this show is very beautiful, right? Um, and you know, Danielle comes in and is interested in Dean and Ben. So of course she ends up going for the one who of those who is sort of spoken for. That's how it always seems to happen. Um, also, Dean is. Definitely seems like a more compelling person than Ben. So it's not totally surprising if those <laughs> I mean, are the two. She D'Lo is like one of those people like, what guy wouldn't love her? She pulls Ben aside. She looks perfect. She's like, how's your dog? Like she just – she immediately <laughs> is asking the question that he wants to hear, you know. Um, Dean later says that she's a really good listener and so she just like lets him talk or, or like vice versa or something. Like she, she fits herself into what the guy is – want and she's very positive and um also perfect looking so dean tells her when she pulls him aside you know that he and christina Christina had taken a step step back um and so she asks dean um alexis is furious on christina's behalf um and she says dean's a little bitch (laughs) yeah i love she said a lot of things like that also this entire exchange, you could just see Christina look – she looked nauseous. Danielle is yeah. trying to braid her hair to distract her. But, like, the look on Christina's face throughout 90 percent of this episode, I had a visceral reaction yeah. to it. And I felt, you know, this is a very specific thing. But, like, Christina's been on this hot, sweaty beach for a couple of days. She's just woken up. She's wearing, like – a, a you know a cut off t shirt and like her hair is just sort of pulled back, 
And here comes Dilo, fresh from the hotel in her perfect entry dress and her perfect makeup and her perfect hair. And the guy that Christina's been dating is like, oh, that's what I want. I was just like, that's like a shitty feeling to sit next to your competition and for her to, you know, look like she's been sitting perfectly chilled in a box waiting to like. Because she has. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and it's hard because all of these girls are are friends. And I don't know that Christina and D'Lo individually are, are super close, um, but they share a lot of best friends and they mm-hmm. clearly – you know, neither of them have said a single bad word about the other. So this is yeah. not a situation of two women being pitted against each other so much as it is us seeing this guy kind of fail on all fronts to properly communicate to I, either of them. Yeah. I think that what they were trying to do was pit them against each other. That's what they always try to do. But yes. uh, instead— Didn't quite work. Yeah. All the girls are pretty pretty upset with Dean um, for turning around and accepting the date without asking Christina beforehand— he pulls her aside after he says yes and is like, I don't want you to be upset. Don't hate me is such a rude— Listen, I will uh, hate you if I want to. That's also, my right. Also, when you hurt someone, like, you are within your right to go after multiple people. You are within your right to change your mind about someone. That's how relationships work. What you do owe them is communication, and you have to accept that if you do something that is hurtful to someone— they're not going to necessarily like you all yeah. the time. So, like, that's just that's just the reality, and you have to accept that. And Dean really doesn't like conflict, and he really doesn't like people not liking him. And so this is very difficult for him. And at the end of the day, he ends up bringing, I think, more criticism on himself yeah. because he tries to avoid it. Yeah. He's, a, he's trying to manage his individual encounters, but the result is that his his overall image perception takes a big hit. Um, and uh, Christina's talking about, you know, she wanted a fresh start after some some bumpy points. Um, and instead, here's another bump. I'm just thinking it's too early for bumps. Like, I, I mean, we all have them. But if you're having so many in a row 10 days into your relationship, that's a huge red flag. Yes. This just and this is I say this every year, but it's just feels like adult summer camp, like the intensity of the dynamics and how real That's what it is. How real those relationships can feel so quickly. Like, mm-hmm. oh, just watch. Yeah, watching yeah. this, I just kept thinking about my like teen camp relationships. Yeah. So Dean and D'Lo go ATV riding. Um, they share an ATV. D'Lo shares that her birthday was December twenty eighth, which becomes relevant later. Um, and that did feel very youthful in the way that they were sharing on a date how difficult it is to have a holiday birthday. And I was like, <laughs> oh, guys, you're adults. Um, and Dean we kind of throws shade at Nick. Yeah. I mean, everyone was everyone on this was. episode. <laughs> um, which is funny because he was like the star of Paradise last season. Um, and so we're flipping back and forth a lot between Christina talking to – Guys um, back at the house, like Robbie, she has a conversation with um, about how she's feeling about her and Dean. And then back to Dean, like, making out with D'Lo. It's brutal. It's just really rough. And um, so Dean and and D'Lo return. And Dean uh, immediately, like, kind of starts talking to Christina again and acting like things are cool. But you Um, can – so while this whole interaction is happening, though, right when they come back – Mm-hmm. Christina is just at the bar and trying not to cry, and her eyes are welling up, and they've just zoomed the camera in on her. Like, it was brutal. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think so Matt at this point um, starts talking to uh, Dean and so does Diggy. And Matt tells Dean, you know, she had a hard time today. She was really distant. And Dean says, don't make me feel worse than I already do. And Matt's like, well, if you didn't feel bad, that would be an issue. (laughs) Um, And so, I mean, Matt's really pushing the idea that Dean and Christina are a good match. A lot of them seem to feel that way. Yeah. Um, and so he suggests that Dean, like, order a couple drinks and go find Christina and talk to her. So he goes into the girls' room. She's sitting with Amanda and Danielle M. And he's like, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I can leave. This was so annoying. And Amanda and Danielle M. Are thought, say, oh, we thought you were coming to steal Christina. <clears throat> Like, the mm. fact that he walks up, walks all the way there, then gets so awkward. Just say, he, I want to talk to this person. He makes them do all the work. Like, they're like, maybe you want to steal Christina now, don't you? And he's like, no, I don't want to interrupt. And, and Christina's like, go, like, go for it. Let's it's do fine. it. Yeah. Um, so finally they talk. He says Christina lets her emotions get the best of her sometimes. Like, I don't know. Maybe when a guy is, like, manipulating her emotions and, like, making her feel like shit about yeah, herself. Yeah, I hated that. Um, and he is just completely dishonest with her in this conversation. You know, he says, he says he only had a peck with Danielle, and that it wasn't, and romantic. that it wasn't romantic. And both of those things are not true. Yeah, and again, he was allowed to go on a date and have a connection with Danielle and be romantic with her. But he, just say it. He wants them both to feel. Like, affirmed by him. Affirmed. And so he tells Christina, like, he missed her all day. They pinky promise to be open and honest. <laughs> it feels clearly to her like that was a hurdle gotten over. Um, and instead, it's just the beginning because that night there is a bonfire. She She's like cuddling with Dean by the bonfire. And then he leaves and comes back with a half birthday cake for Danielle. And of course, this was something that probably a producer suggested, but it was Dean's choice to do this when he is literally cuddled up next to Christina. Her arm is over him. They're acting very coupley. And, and he makes a big show of, with a – it was a watermelon cake? It was just it was watermelon. a watermelon with cream on it or something. Yeah, whipped cream. I, yeah. It could have been shaving cream for all yeah, I Yeah, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. The point is, you know, Christina – leaves crying and goes to bed and and then we get an alexis monologue she says dean's playing games he was literally cuddling with christina and then two seconds later he was bringing out a cake for delo's half birthday i was like i need to get out of here i want to smack the bleep out of his face and be like get the fuck out of here you you little flip-flopper you little bleeping bitch yeah um and Alexis goes and and comforts Christina. I felt like really sweet moment. the real issue, like Dean can't claim innocence here because he saw Christina leave crying and he's decided not to do anything about it. Like this isn't just a nice gesture for Dilo if you're if you're willing to see someone else that you've been in a relationship with hurting. And, and she, when you've been acting like you're still exploring that relationship, if you're still exploring that relationship, then her feelings should matter to you. Right, and I think I think he thinks that the feelings do ma- her feelings do matter to him, but he's actually just m- ultimately more concerned about his own anxiety around hurting right. someone. He's not taking responsibility for how he's affecting. And Christina her says, like it's you know he treated me like I didn't matter. I yep. am hurt and I feel disrespected. And I just again I had this like visceral flashback to 
this guy I had a six-week relationship with and mm-hmm. when I was 15 at camp. And then towards the end of the summer, he got, like, super distant and w- would sort of ignore me in group settings and wouldn't catch my eye. And I finally went and, like, confronted him. And it took so much, like, emotional strength. You know, you're 15. And, and I thought we settled things and got to a good place, but clearly we didn't properly communicate. And then after camp, we were all hanging out. I left for two hours, and he hooked up with one of my friends. And it was, like, one of the first times that I have felt, like, that physical pain that you feel when someone hurts you. And, like, after living with someone, essentially, for a few weeks, it that's really intensified. And so I relate to the intensity of Christina's emotions. Um, it's all good with that guy in the end. We're actually really good friends now. But, like— I wouldn't wish that feeling on my 30-year-old self because at 15 it was brutal. (laughs) Yeah, I I went through all that in college when I think a lot of people had already had their first relationships and I hadn't. So I I think I often came off as very immature to people that I knew, but I was like totally baffled that someone could care about me so much and then like right in front of me be like, to another girl, you look beautiful today. And, like, he never said that to me. Like, stuff like that where you're like, maybe this is immature, but I've never felt this horrible feeling before. And when you feel like you're not seen, I think that is the worst part about it. Like, ignoring someone, in my opinion, is basically the cruelest thing you can do to them. And that's sort of what we're seeing is Dean pretending that he doesn't see Christina crying, that he doesn't, he does not take the time to acknowledge her emotions and acknowledge her as a human being. And that is a problem. And to be clear, like, this is not Delo's fault. This is on Dean. Yeah, well, no one's talking about Delo, to be honest, in all of this. So we're going to take a quick break before we come back to recap night two of this two-night Bachelor in Paradise extravaganza. And this time, we'll have Diggy on the line with us. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life. And I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay, so you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. 
Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. <laughs> so important. I also just know myself. I, I know that planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party, can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So to discuss the second night of Bachelor in Paradise, we have a very special guest on the line with us, Diggy, who you may know from his two one-on-one dates last night. And we had so much fun talking to him about what happened last night, um, what's been going on in general, how he got on the franchise, his glasses. Unfortunately, we didn't get to everything that happened last night. Um, As a result, if you're hoping to hear a lot about Sarah and Adam... We apologize. (laughs) That kind of fell by the wayside. Um, But we think you'll enjoy this chat because Diggy is a damn delight. Yeah, definitely worth it. Hello. Well, Diggy. We're we're sad to not have you in studio, but, you know, we'll make this work. (laughs) I'm so so disappointed for numerous amount of reasons. Oh, I'm sure missing your flight is is the worst. Um, but no. you just it just means you have to plan another trip and come hang out with us another time. Oh, I definitely will do that. We'll make that happen. <laughs> awesome. First of all, you know, you kind of last night on the on the episode became a really hot commodity all of a sudden. Um, can you tell us what that was like? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was um, very weird and kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I I will say like, just to see once I, when I got the rose from Lacey the night before, um, and then once I saw that and you guys didn't see it, but once you see Lacey get the date card before she even opens it, like my facial expression changes because it's like, I know who she's going to ask. And, um, 
it was very weird. So I was like, okay, how do I handle this? What am I going to say? Um, do I want to go on this date? And, uh, but the thing is to think about, like, when we're like not on a date, we're literally on the island or the resort the whole time. So it's just like when people go on dates, they come back and you're like, oh my God, how was the free world? What was it like? Like, so you're asking all these random questions because you're so cooped up on the island stuff. Um, you really want to get out, but then at the end of the day, you kind of realize that, hey, um, you're going on a date with somebody and you're not just leaving, you know, the, the beach. So, um, it was very weird to see that kind of escalate kind of quickly. Yeah, she made a big point um, before she asked you on the date, um, talking to the camera, talking to different guys about how she really wanted it to be a romantic date. And she didn't want to go with someone who was just going to be a friend. Did you know about that? Um. Yeah. So there was a conversation <laughs> that we, we had and uh, I don't well, I know it didn't air, but it was more so along the lines of um, – Hey, if I ask you on this date, kind of like what she did with Ben and Matt, like, I don't want it to be, a, you know, just a friendship day. I want something more romantic. And I thought it was very interesting that, to have that conversation because I think the fact that she had that conversation, um, she knew that kind of where everybody stood with her on, you know, on the island. So it's just kind of like, you know, nobody may really be feeling you like that, but you can't force it. So uh, I was aware that she was having it, but I think at the end of the day, I was just very, uh, I tend to be very nice. And so I was like, I don't want to be like, no, I don't want to be anything more than friends. But you know, I went into it very open and just like, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, it can't hurt to, to see if you have chemistry with someone on, yeah. on Jorge's Torres. Exactly. <laughs> how, how was that? Like, should we all be looking? to book a Jorge Torre? You should definitely. And the, the thing is, good luck, because we were talking to him, and he's just like, you know what, I'm booked for, for like, months out. And oh, my God. Like, every, everybody wants, like, he offers, like, a bunch of tours, but he's just like, he offers uh, a bunch of tours, but everybody wants him to be the tour guide. So he has other tour guides that work, you know, for him, but everybody wants Jorge to lead the tour, so. Um, good luck trying to get a tour of it. If you can, I definitely suggest doing it. Good He's for him. Yeah. I'm happy to see that he has, you know, parlayed paradise into a, a full-blown business. I think this is the most uh, kind human thing that the franchise has ever done <laughs> is, like, make sure that Jorge got some prime promotion time for his business. Yeah, he got some real good promotion time. I'm like, and ABC didn't, like, didn't even charge him for it. So I'm like, that's the best part. <laughs> He was there for the right reasons. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> so it seemed it seemed like you and Lacey got along pretty well on the date. Um, but we also saw that it seemed like she was pretty isolated in the house, um, both regarding, you know, the other guys and also not getting along too well with the other women. Um, why did you think that was? I don't know. So I... I never watched any of the seasons, so, so I never watched, like, mixed seasons. So I don't know how they were in the house. I don't know if there was um, an incident or whatever, but I definitely could tell um, that she was not part of the, the clique or, you know, the, the whole the other groups of girls that were there. So, um, but I don't know why it was, um, but I, I do feel like she was on the outside as far as the whole um, you know, just talking to people and just conversations. She was by herself a lot. 
And I mean, I feel like she's a very social person. So I don't know if it's like, she's not an introvert by any means, but I just felt like she maybe just didn't get along with a lot of people in the house. And now those same people are just moved to, you know, to a beach in Mexico. And at this time she's just like, all right, well, I didn't have a connection with them in the house. Now I'm just going to have those same people out here and she's literally by herself. So yeah. um, she could have had a connect- connection with somebody in the house, but maybe they just weren't here. And obviously she said to deal with the people that were here. Yeah, I think on Nick's season, like we saw her be at least friendly with Corinne, but obviously, yeah. <laughs> obviously yeah. Corinne wasn't there. Um, and she also it, didn't stay long. Right. Yeah. yeah, she wasn't there long on Nick's season. But it, it's sort of an interesting dynamic that we're seeing on this season of Paradise where it's so many like guys from Rachel's season and so many girls from Nick's season. So it's yeah. sort of two groups a little bit less mixing it up than maybe we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, obviously, that's probably what I would say, yeah, yeah. So obviously, you get back from your date with Lacey, um, and then Dominique comes right in. How how <laughs> how much time was there between between you getting back and Dominique entering? I will say maybe maybe thirty to forty five minutes. <laughs> wow! So it was and... like as quick as we saw basically yeah it was it was i mean yeah that was probably the one time in bachelor history where you guys actually saw real time how it almost <laughs> happened. and uh no it was literally I, I come back down um you know i'm talking to the guys I'm talking to the girls yeah, that's how the date went and sure enough I, like i feel like i turn around and uh, one of the things is when somebody new is coming you all notice that we're all in the same area that's not by accident so it's just like, hey, guys, just hang tight right here. And I noticed they wouldn't let me like go change or whatever. And then um, I, I turn around and I see Dominique come down the stairs. And um, so, yeah, it was like literally probably 30 to 45 minutes right after uh, it happened, after we got back. It seems like the best way to meet someone on the show is to go on a date. And then the producers will immediately try to like send someone <laughs> in to tempt you away. So that was, like, pretty smart to go on the date with Lacey. I mean, was Dominique someone that you was on your list of people you wanted to meet in Paradise? She was. So Dominique was. Um, her and I had talked prior to uh, prior to the season um, starting. So it's like I forgot how we actually met up or it was just, like, what well, we started talking or whatever. But, um, I, you know, I think maybe we were just talking to, like, via Instagram and, and then I got her number and we were texting back and forth, but this is before we even talked on the phone or anything like that. So this was, you guys saw the first time we ever met face to face. But one of the things is a lot of the people, probably mainly Taylor were like, <laughs> um, Dom is coming. You need to like meet her. Uh, you guys will work perfectly. Jasmine was on that train too. Like Dominique's coming. Um, she wants to meet you. And it was, obviously it was a mutual feeling. So, um, so yeah, that was obviously, I don't know if they knew we were talking before a little bit and I mean, it was nothing really big, just having general conversation, but, uh, I was not surprised to see her and just kind of happy to see her for now. <laughs> um, and we saw a lot of fallout on Lacey's side from this. Did you have any idea that she was so upset that you were going out with Dom? Um, so, so here's the thing. I'm a very perceptive person. And I noticed when Dominique came and asked me on a date, I literally saw Lacey kind of like beeline for the bar. And I was just like, ooh, she's probably upset. Well, better go get dressed. And that's <laughs> kind of 
that that was kind of my uh, my logic on that, at that point. But just he, avoid. He think, just avoid. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, okay, she's right upset, and I was just like, nothing I can say probably is going to calm her down. So I'm just going to be dressed. But no, here's here's how I am, and I'm a very laid back person. I think that kind of comes off by the season. But I would not. I don't get upset, and I think one of the things that I struggle with is I. It, it's hard for me sometimes to put myself in other people's shoes. And as far as like, hey, if it had been vice versa, and some guy had to came down the stairs and asked Lacey on the date, I wouldn't have been that guy to storm off or be upset or whatever. I, I'm very chill when it comes to stuff like that. And it would have been me like, oh, well, let's see if they're having a good time. Like, she can have a good time, whatever. We're not dating. We've only been on one date. Um, and, and that's it. So um, I think of that point, which you guys saw last night, is just like me not really kind of empathizing with her situation and seeing if she was really uh, how upset she was. Because in my shoes, it was just like, hey, why are you so upset? It's only one date. Um, but I guess she really she really liked, uh, she had a good time. So she did Yeah, it's hard because you have to play the game the way it's played. And you have to assume that if, like, Daniel McGuire came down the steps and asked Lacey out right away, she probably would have said yes. And you're all out for yourselves to a certain extent. But you're also interacting as humans who don't want each other to suffer. So it's really complicated. And that's why it makes for great TV for us. I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm sitting here watching last night and I'm just like, ooh, I'm watching with one eye closed. I'm Aww. like, this looks horrible. <laughs> yeah, what and is I'm it like, like to watch yourself? It's so weird because one, we know I can literally play back especially yesterday's episode, I can play back exactly where it was, how it happened, where I was and stuff like that. So it's just very weird to see like, Oh, they didn't show that in the correct <laughs> order or they didn't show that how it happened. And man, this looks crazy, whatever. But, um, and it's so, it's, it's a weird process to know exactly how something happened and but then to see exactly how it's shown, um, being different than, than actually how it's happened. So, um, yeah, what, it's, it's very it's very weird. What stood out to you as a moment where things were shown out of order or like not how things actually went down? Because we can't really tell except for trying to pick up on little clues. Yeah, uh, what's the biggest thing that stood out? Uh, they didn't. Sh- oh yeah, they didn't. They didn't show my conversation with uh, prior to Lacey making her decisions. So I literally said, mm-hmm. you know, she pulled me to the side and she's like, you know, if we go on this date, cause I obviously knew I probably was the front runner for going on the date just because I got her rose the night before, but um, they didn't show the fact that I was like, Hey, I don't want you to feel obligated to take me on this date because you give me the rose. I want you to kind of, um, you know, feel it out. And like, whoever you want to take, don't feel like you want, you have to take me. And, uh, but she said, you know what? All right. That's thank you for telling me, but I'm actually leaning towards taking you. So they kind of left that out. So it made it seem like, uh, when they showed it last night, they kind of made it seem like I was like, oh, okay, well I'll just go. But I kind of knew from jump street that she was going to take me. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely showed a very truncated version of that. <laughs> yes, very, very truncated <laughs> So what was your date with Dom like? We saw you enjoyed some strawberries. But we didn't see much, <laughs> much else. <laughs> no, it was really, I mean, so the thing is, you guys saw a little bit on the preview for the season. Um, it was a great date. Um, it was, we literally got to you know, the hotel. They had this whole thing set up for us. 
Uh, fun fact, she's allergic to fish, and they had like maybe like 20 sushi rolls laid out there. Oh. And, she, and, um, and she's like, yeah, well, I guess we won't be touching that. <laughs> and, and then so so um, so pretty much I was like, oh, why not? And she's like, I'm allergic to fish. And, and I was like, dang, so you're probably like, she's like, yeah, my throat is swell up and whatever. And she, and then the funny thing is, she was like, and if you want to kiss tonight, you probably shouldn't eat that either. So I was just like, all right, well, uh, we're not, and I literally yeah. pushed that the shit off the table. Right? <laughs> Why didn't they show that? I <laughs> uh, know, you know, that might be in a blooper near you, so um, you might see it at the end. But wow. um, it was great. We, we we had some good conversation there. Um, then we had this whole massage table action. Um, I am shocked a, they didn't yeah. show the massages. Yeah, they showed it in the previews for the season. Yeah. So you, I think they showed it last week. If you guys look at last week's episode, but um, I gave her a massage and then she gave me a massage and then um, then we escalated to the hot tub. So it was a, it was a great, great day. Um, we wanted to ask you about one, one moment on this date um, when you compared yourself to a strawberry. <laughs> 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 yeah, we, we got to talk about this, Diggy. <laughs> Did you plan that line ahead of time? I did not. I did not. Um, I don't know. I'm looking back, and that's probably the hardest part about the episode to watch. Is like, why? Why did I say that? Like, even even the for Monday's episode, the whole say yes to the dress quote. I was like, oh, I loved I that. that. That was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I said that. And I don't remember saying it. The strawberry <laughs> thing, I do remember saying. The Say Yes to the Dress, definitely don't remember that. <laughs> um, as, a, as a viewer no, of Say I Yes to the Dress, I, I liked it. Yeah. Oh, my God. The thing is, I got a lot of mixed reviews. I mean, uh, a lot of people <laughs> loved it. But it was either like, dude, that was hilarious. We loved it. That's why we love you, Diggy. Or like, I'm not sure that this is a that's like where it applies. And I'm like, dude, it's a joke. Just, just roll with it. <laughs> like, don't don't think <laughs> about it too hard. Don't think about it too hard. So, um, no, the strawberry line. I did not plan that. It just kind of came out, and uh, <laughs> I, I definitely cringed when I watched it last night. I've seen much worse lines on this show. I have to say. Yeah, at least yeah, this one had a little bit of creativity to it. I so yeah, you get points for that. <laughs> So are, should we expect more uh, developing between you and Dom? Is that uh, someone that you wanted to focus on at that point? Um, she's a very, very awesome um, girl. And I think she has so much to offer. She's, you know, beautiful. She's um, just so fun to be around. And she's very, you know, playful. And I think you can see that the way she entered paradise. So um, I think you, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys saw something like that developed in the coming weeks. So, um, I hope so. Yeah. We're, we're on board with that pairing. Yeah. Uh, but some other stuff was going on during the, this episode. Um, Danielle M left pretty abruptly to yeah. go work in Africa in Kenya, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, how did that affect the rest of the cast? It seemed like she was pretty tight with the group. Danielle is one of the, the sweetest people I've ever met. And I've only known her, obviously, just meeting her in paradise. But she's so, so sweet. And uh, some of the conversations that we've had um, just on the show, just in general, great. And I think she's like, I don't want to compare her like to the mother hen of like the group. <laughs> that makes it seem like she's older, but she definitely cares about everybody's well-being. And I think almost so um, out of fault because I think she puts a lot of people um, in front of her or her own, you know, interests. Obviously, it 
good examples is her going to Africa. But um, she was like kind of that person that kind of held everybody together um, and just was very understanding. And obviously we saw she was an ear to Christina when they were talking about, you know, stuff with Dean. And she's just that person that was there to like, you know, talk to and, and just, just, you know, vent to. So, but she didn't make a connection with anybody. So that's why I feel even worse because that's what she definitely came there to do. So, um, but the fact when, when she leaves, uh, we definitely all felt really sad. And um, it was something that she wanted. Uh, we definitely wanted to keep her around. Yeah. Did you know that she made out with Wells on her way out? No. Um, <laughs> this is, we. I'm watching this and I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, and, and the thing is, like, they're both from Nashville. So it's like, if this was a thing, if this possibly was a thing, um, why didn't it already happen? But I, I mean, when you go to Mexico, you go to a romantic place like this, I mean, anything can happen. And obviously we saw that, but um, I told people from day one that Wells needs to be watched. This <laughs> dude is like, like, I'm like, yo, I was talking to some of the producers. I'm like, so let's, let me get this straight. Wells cannot leave behind the bar right he has to stay there and they're like yeah he has to stay there i'm like cool because i don't trust wells <laughs> around anybody else um because if he has a chance to talk to your girl it's probably not going to end well so. <laughs> um so yeah i was really surprised by that but i mean it looked like danielle was happy what she got so um i was yeah. very happy to see she left on a good note I mean, yeah a little kinda, bit of romance it kind of speaks to the fact that she didn't want to i guess hurt anyone or cause any uh, waves because she ended up the only guy she really considered was someone who was completely off limits and not part of the game. So she wouldn't she's be stepping been, on any toes. Been friends with for four years, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we wanted to talk a little bit um, about the Christina Dean situation, which we saw hit a really rough patch this week. What's your take on what went down with? Dean and D'Lo and Christina. Mm, all right. So where do we start? Um, <laughs> I think, I think so. Christina is probably, Christina and I had a lot of good conversations. Um, and I, I think she, her and I were like sounding boards for each other. I would talk to her about, um, you know, my problems. She would talk to me about um, Dean and, and what was going on, but it, Christina really liked Dean. And I think he was the only person that she really wanted to um, get to know. And I think what you had is you had Dean, who is obviously Dean and tends to be a hot commodity. And so when you have somebody, and obviously I think he's the youngest on the cast, if I remember correctly, him and Taylor maybe. Mm, Um, That makes sense. Yeah, Dean, he came in. I mean, when you have a guy like Dean that's, you know, obviously very handsome and you have, you know, you're in Mexico, you have girls coming in, you have somebody as attractive as uh, Danielle is, it makes it really hard for Dean to say no. So early on, obviously, you know, things in this situation were a little bit different because we had a shutdown. They went back to Kentucky together. So his his time with Christina is a little bit um, more exaggerated than normal. But, I mean, like I said, when, if Danielle comes down and asks you on a date, you'd be crazy to say no. And especially such like being so early on in, in the kind of dating timeline that him and Christina was, but um, 
it was just very weird to see that kind of unfold. And I felt really bad for Christina because she was all in. And I think one of the things that, that Dean kind of has already admitted to is it's like he doesn't probably communicate the best. And yeah. <laughs> when Christina's trying to talk, well, yeah, <laughs> when Christina's trying, to talk, Christina's trying to talk to him, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to go shower. And I'm just like, oh, Dean, what are you doing? And the thing is, when you're in paradise, a shower, and he said he wanted to go look pretty, a shower consists of going to shower and you're going to put on more basketball shorts, no shirt, and you're going to come back. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, so like you, you we like we shower and like i mean girls will probably do a little more they get ready they put their makeup on and they go lay up a beach or whatever guys will shower put on trim trunks boom they're done and that's it so i mean um, that's that's kind of life like i've seen guys shower to smell better but i've never had a guy yeah. say to me like i want to look nicer i'm gonna go take a shower <laughs> it's like you look the same before and after <laughs> i know i know <laughs> And it's like, it's not like we have anywhere to go. It's a hundred degrees. You're going to be sweating again in another 30 minutes and you're going to need another shower. So, um, but no, it was, uh, that's, it was a very weird interaction. And I just felt really bad to see Christina cry because I think she's, you know, her and Danielle probably like two of the the sweetest people in the world. I mean, they always um, deserve the best for sure. Yeah, it seemed to mostly be an issue of, of communication. And I think, I do think immaturity on, on Dean's part a little bit. Well, I think the one thing he did do the job of is he, and I will give Dean all the credit in the world, is before the rose ceremony, he told her as far as like, hey, I want to like let you know before you hand out this rose that I feel like you kind of need to slow down a little bit or whatever, as opposed to saying that the day after, because at that point it could have looked like he was just trying to stick around. So yeah. I'm glad he had the conversation and kind of put the onus on her, like keep me here if you want to, but I just do feel like we need to slow down a little bit. Yeah, I feel like at moments he was so close to being a good communicator and then would just kind of waffle because yeah, he didn't want to hurt anyone's that. feelings, which never works out. I think that's no. just a lesson you learn <laughs> over time. Yeah, that's, that's definitely – you definitely learn over, <laughs> over time for sure. It's just like uh, – I don't know if he's had some bad experiences or whatever in the past, but uh, like sometimes he was just like, all right, Dean, there you go. And then you you bring out a half birthday cake, and I'm like, "What are we doing, Dean? Like, <laughs> like seriously? One, I was mad. Like, where did you get that cake? Because I've been looking for sweets for the whole time. But then now I'm like, Dean, Dean, what? What are we doing? He so, had a very profound moral sense that we need to celebrate half birthdays more, <laughs> especially. I mean, yeah. It's just it has to happen. Yeah. I mean, uh, like I guess. <laughs> like, and I'm just mad I didn't get a piece of cake that's all I wanted apparently it was watermelon it's not even a satisfying yeah. cake yeah I, I don't know I was so drunk at that point I don't even remember <laughs> that cake coming out and I watermelon literally was sitting right there <laughs> wait why did you not have access to sweets if you could order pizza why can't you order dessert well, the thing is, okay, I'm very, I'm, I used to be a very picky eater but it's like I'm trying to get out, <laughs> get out of that but as far as like when you're in Mexico, I'm used to like I want ice cream, I want some Halo like Halo ice cream, I want you know gummy worms, none of that which they had, but obviously they got some random watermelon cake, so um, yeah. it's whatever. They probably have like flour. I feel like or ice cream is the bare minimum they could do in a, such a humid, hot climate. That's bare minimum. You would think. But hey, if you're, if you're listening, ABC producers, let's make it happen. Please. More Thank ice you. cream. You heard yeah. it here first. Yes. 
so we we you know the episode ended um, with this studio taped special, which had a lot of stuff thrown in there. Carly and Evans' ultrasound and. Um, DeMario's interview was kind of the big event. But didn't come till the last 20 minutes, effectively? Yeah. Um, and you were you were there. Um, what did you think about the interview and how it was worked into the episode last night? Um, I, I thought it was very weird how they did it. Um, and because I'm watching and watching, we come back from commercial break. I'm like, oh, so we're doing this now. Like, I didn't... <laughs> I didn't expect it to just be thrown in like that. And honestly, I don't even remember how the the beach portion of the episode ended. Um, so I have to go back and watch it. But um, I definitely thought it would have been more of like uh, a special type deal at the end. But uh, hey, they just they just went straight from from Mexico to, you know, the studio and, and did that. So I thought it was very uh, weird how they did it. But glad he got his time to speak. Yeah, I think that's kind of how it struck us. Like, glad that he got to have the interview and and also since he's already given interviews on the subject it was sort of retreading that same territory and I thought he he did really well but it just as a viewer it was weird to watch the way that they kept teasing it and kind of it felt like sort of a used for for drama and then the fact that they had a reaction shot of him and where while they were playing news footage like it just didn't it didn't always strike the right tone for me, given like the seriousness of what he was talking about. Yeah, it was it was very. Uh, I mean, all that stuff happened, and it was just very. It was just like the weirdest recap that I feel like <laughs> that they kind of put to, put together, and it's like, hey, just in case you guys forgot, which I know you haven't. Um, <laughs> right. That's exactly how, you know how everything unfolded, and so it was just very kind of kind of weird how they put it together. At this point, you know they've stretched it. Um... Into you know they started by teasing it before the season started. It was part of the first week pretty significantly, and now we're going to have two more weeks that include these interviews, including this week with Demario. I mean, do you guys um, on the cast just want to move past it? Do you think it's good that they keep addressing it? Do you wish that they had done it earlier and just move past? Like, what what are your thoughts on that? Actually, I kind of really want to move past it, and. I personally want to move past it, so I know DeMario probably wants to move past it because that was probably the roughest, longest two to three weeks of his life. Um, and we've talked about it so much. I mean, and as far as, like, once we first left and we came back and it's like, Dig, why are you back so quickly? Did you? And it's like, did you get kicked off already? Is this another repeat of Rachel season? And I can't answer that question. And then you have people who are just like, Oh, so and literally people come by my office and, and just be like, oh my God, I just got this TMZ alert. What really went, ha- went down or whatever? So I was so tired of saying a combination of can't talk about it and or just talking about it when we could. So I was ready to be done with it when we had the whole sit down with uh, Chris Harrison. And, you know, once we finally got back and I was ready to be done. And then we decided to do, or they they asked me to do the whole thing, which you asked all last night. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it was just kind of rehashing the subject. And uh, it was just, I was so ready to be over it and, and just move on. Fair yeah. enough. W- when did you guys tape that? Last night we taped two, three weeks ago. Okay. Okay. I want to say. So today is, yeah, the 23rd. So I want to say like, yeah, roughly around the, 8th or 9th or something like that. Yeah. 
Um, and obviously, you know, there's been a lot of discussion of how race played into this whole incident. And you've tweeted a little bit about how, you know, they would always cut to reaction shots of you when that came up. Every time. Um, what has it felt like for you in this situation? Have you felt like a, a, a lot of scrutiny being the remaining black man now on the cast in, in the wake of this whole scandal? Um, honestly, you know, I haven't felt a lot of scrutiny. I, I, I would say I feel like more more responsibility. Um, I'm like, hey, at this point, I'm like, tomorrow I got you. Like, well, it'll be just me carrying the load for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that tweet was obviously like the rest of my tweets, just jokes. But um, <laughs> it, it, it seems like it happens all the time or whatever. But um, no, it's it's been uh, a very interesting situation. I don't feel any more, more or less responsibility than I had. And I honestly can say that I haven't um, changed anything that I would have done just because I'm the, you know, the long black guy on the season. So I would still be acting the same thing, same way, whether Jamario was there or not. But, um, but I, I definitely, uh, I, I definitely want to make sure that I kind of, kind of take care of, of Demario and just kind of, you know, do my best. Cause I know he, he would love to be there. So I just want to make sure I do that for him. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, we, we didn't get, as as much of you on Rachel's season as maybe, you know, we would have liked. Do you feel no. like people are finally getting to see more of who you actually are on Paradise, you know, beyond the the glasses? <laughs> it's, it's so funny because my my tweets right now consist of, a, like, a variation of, or the responses to my tweets consist of a variation of, oh, my God, I didn't know he was this funny. <laughs> or he's talking more ever than he, why weren't you like this on Rachel season? And how many pair of glasses do you have? And just random variations <laughs> of that. But it's, it's funny because going into Rachel season, it's like you literally come out of this limo, there's cameras everywhere. And you're just kind of thrusted in this whole situation, which makes it really weird because for me, I was very worried about the end result. I was worried about the edit, how things would be portrayed. So People, people that know me in real life were like, "Dig, you didn't talk while you were there in the mansion." I'm like, "Trust me, I talked." But when it was like when we were on a one-on-one, we we're in a date. I was just very conscious of what I was saying, and um, I didn't say anything too interesting or outlandish <laughs> that you know would have had airtime. So, um, and, and that's kind of what you said. But right when I started to get comfortable on Rachel season, um, that's when you know when it was when it was too late. So, um, but yeah, a lot of people are like. Even like last week's episode, as far as the first two episodes of Paradise, they're like, why aren't we seeing Diggy? Why aren't we seeing Diggy? And the same thing. And then last night, it was just like, all right, well, here we go. So, <laughs> now you're here. Uh, yeah, I hope you don't regret it. And then, I know it's just like, so no, so many people have reached out, and I appreciate everybody that has. It's like, you're finally getting the airtime you deserve or whatever. <laughs> so it's just, and so it's, it's been great. So how did you get cast on the show initially on The Bachelorette? Did you apply? Did a friend put your name in? Were you recruited? Um, so funny story. Um, my direct team I work at with work, um, they are all, they range from like super single to like married with kids. And uh, they were like, hey, Dig, you, we think you should be on The Bachelorette. And I was just like, nah, I mean, not really feeling that. And then one day I get a call from casting, like, hey, is this Diggy? And I was like, yeah. And then they pretty much told me my, you know, my coworkers had nominated me. So I was like, let me call you right back. And <laughs> I, I, I hang up and I'm just like, um, why is ABC calling me? And they just are going crazy. And so um, 
was, the next step was just say, can you send out a few, send us a few more pictures and fill out this little more extended questionnaire. And so I did it. And then they were like, increase your chances. It makes sense if you make a video. And I was like, you know what? This is really busy time in my life. I don't have time to make a video. So this is where it ends. Um, you know, thank you for your time, whatever. So they were like, actually, we do big city visits. So we would love to meet you in person in Chicago. So I was like, all right, well, I'll do it. And so I met them. And it was great conversation. And then this random woman was just came out of nowhere after I did the whole one-on-one portion. She was a producer and she, she and I started talking. She said, do you think you'd really be interested in this? And and I tell people this, the whole process, I did the bare minimum (laughs) possible. Cause I'm like, I didn't make a video. I didn't, I didn't, you know, do all the, I didn't take new pictures. They were like, can you take some new pictures and whatever? I'm like, sure. They're new, but they'll just be new to you. Cause I'm taking stuff <laughs> from my Instagram. So, um, so I literally did that. And, and, and sure enough, I get, I'll make it to the final round. And, uh, I was, you know, I met with, you know, all the producers and I was just very candid. And I think what you see in this process, uh, this was probably the one time where, you know, when people try too hard, because people have reached out to me like, you know, Dave, how do I get cash or so? What do I need to do? And I'm like, you know what? I'm not the person to ask because I didn't do anything. <laughs> and so um, I just, I kind of rolled with it. And uh, yeah, it just kind of happened. Well, I guess the lesson is give as little effort as possible. <laughs> yeah. Give, and the so rewards will come. one time that worked. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. one time it worked. The one yeah. job opportunity <laughs> that it might help you to try less. It's interesting yeah, to me exactly. how often people on the show say their coworkers submitted them because yeah. none of my coworkers are ever suggesting I go <laughs> on a month to two month long vacation from work. You These know, are really supportive coworkers. You know what the funny thing is? It's just like, yeah, that's that's 100 percent right. So when I told them, I'm like, all right, I'm doing the show. And then I t- they they realized their workload is going to double because I'm gone. <laughs> I'm like, Yo, you got you guys should have thought about yeah, this. Yeah, you d- you brought you this on yourself. If <laughs> I told them, and then and then um, I got cash for paradise, and they're like, seriously, you're taking another month off? And I was like, look, I wouldn't be in this position if you guys didn't nominate me. And so they're like, they're like, all right, I guess he has a point. But yeah. fun fact. This is how the whole process started because two years ago, my one of my good friends at work, he's married and he's like, Dig, you need to watch a show called Bachelor in Paradise. And I'm like, No way I'm watching that on Monday night over football. And you're only watching it because you're married. Sure enough, I watched it and I come to work the next day and I'm like, Why is Ashley I crying nonstop? <laughs> Who is this kid? Why doesn't Jared just tell her he doesn't like her? And it's just like I'm just like literally invested in this whole process. And um, I'm like, actually, I would be great on the show. How do you do it? And then he's like, you have to, go, you have to be in the bachelorette first. And that, that's when it kind of died down. And then, you know, hey, two years later. Oh, playing the, the long game. That is amazing. And, you know, the, yeah. that's kind of, you know, one day you're going to reach the point of Emma and myself that when football preempts Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> on Monday in your market, you will be furious. <laughs> yeah, we were discussing this before. Uh, New York had no Bachelor in Paradise on Monday night. We only had football and then interrupted by Donald Trump. So it was just like a real loss of an evening. I heard about that. Some, <laughs> somebody from New York tweeted me, it's like, 
dig, how am I supposed to watch this tonight? And I guess I guess they showed back, uh, Bachelor in Paradise at like 1 a.m. Yeah, it was 1 a.m. We had to watch it on Hulu. Yeah. I'm glad to know yeah. that you're the authority on how we can watch <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise. So we'll tweet you, you know, next I, time. I was, thinking, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. come, come to the central time zone. <laughs> Um, so we wanted to talk um, finally about your famous fashion sense. Um, <laughs> we saw some of Robbie's bow tie game this week. Uh, and, you know, we wanted to ask how you think his bow ties stack up next to yours. Like, who do you think is better at wearing a bow tie? Um, I will not say that I'm better than Robbie <laughs> at the bow tie game, but I will definitely say that he's worse than me. So. <laughs> That's a better way to put it. <laughs> yeah um no it's just like i'm more so like um I, I mean like i said i love wearing bow ties i love fashion and um but um yeah robbie i mean robbie did robbie he's got the he's got the hair he's got the the the, the swoop and the he got his his own little style thing going but i think our styles are just a little bit off uh a little bit different but you know he owns it and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, he made it way further than I did. So he must be doing something right. <laughs> True. On a different season, though. So Yeah, so that's different. a very a very different crowd of men. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would agree. <laughs> Emma and I are both um, spectacle wearers, yes. I would say. Yeah. Um, and many of our listeners also enjoy. Um, a nice pair of glasses. Exactly. Can you tell us yeah. what glasses you're wearing right now? I am wearing some Garrett Light um, glasses. There, it's, it's a glasses boutique in California, and uh, yeah, that's what I'm wearing. Mm. I found them. Um, where did I find them? I think I was looking in GQ like two or three years ago, and I found this boutique. So Ooh. I flew out just wow. to try the glasses on, and then I flew back to Chicago. Oh, my, that, that is dedication! <laughs> wow, this yeah. explains why yeah. my fashion game is never quite <laughs> as elevated as I think it is. How many glasses do you own, Diggy? How many pairs? I have thirty-seven pairs of glasses. That is truly impressive. Yeah, it's, uh, and they're all prescription. I am not that guy who just wears them no. for fashion. Oh, I have met guys like that. I hate those guys. There's nothing yeah. douchier. But here's a question. What do you do when your prescription changes? Do you get all the lenses <laughs> changed or do you just get new well, glasses? I've been the same prescription. Wow. Negative 1.75 for like probably maybe seven or eight years. So, so. you're saying it's not <laughs> normal that my eyesight is constantly <laughs> getting, getting worse. worse. Your eyes aren't uh, even that bad. You said yeah, minus 1.75. Uh I dream yeah. of the day that my vision was that good. Yeah. I it's, mean, yeah, the, the, it's not that bad. Like, so it's, it's more so I can see, like, maybe, like, five to seven feet in front of me. Then after that, I get kind of blurry. <laughs> so, um, but no, it's, it's like, yeah, I just, I, I've always been the same oh, for, like, like I said, like, the last seven or eight years. So buying glasses, uh, I can just literally, if I see a new pair, just order them right there and there and not to worry about it. That's pretty nice. And we all benefit, too, um, because we get to see them on Bachelor in Paradise, which is what really matters. Um, oh, so my goodness. Thank you so much for talking with us. This was really fun. No, no problem. I listen to you guys all the time. So um, I never thought I'd be at this point where I'm like, okay, when is the next Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise <laughs> podcast coming out? People, yes. People, like at work, they'll ask me, like, what podcast do you listen to? Like, ESPN? I'm like, no, actually, I'm listening to, you know, you're to make friends. <laughs> 
Like, yes, what? give us that. Give us that. You know, little marketing. Yeah, word well, of mouth. Yeah, is so it's important. our best tool. Uh, and oh of course, if you're ever in New York, we encourage you to come hang out with us in the studio and do this again in person, so we can see your glasses oh, IRL. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, I think I have to be there in October. That's the next time I have to be there. But you know what? I might try to make another day trip out of it. So we'll try to yeah. make it work. Great. Well, you know, we'll we'll, we'll take a visit in October too. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, and uh, have a great afternoon. All right, ladies. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for having me. And now, welcome to Feminism Fails, where we rate the most cringeworthy anti-lady moments of the week on our very own patented Feminism Fail Scale. One, you do you, bro. Two, that's questionable. Three, not cool people. Four, the 1950s are back. Five, gender equality is straight up dead. And now it's time for Feminism Fails. During the second half of last night's episode, Chris Harrison is sitting down with Evan and Carly, and he asks Evan for a lesson on how to get out of the friend zone. And they joke that the answer is perseverance. We're going to give that one a 3.5, maybe just a 4, because the friend zone is not a thing. It just means that a woman isn't into a man. Stop it. Yeah. Carly just, just, you know, grew to like Evan. That's just a thing that happens sometimes. Yeah, we joked about the friend zone earlier with Ben Z, but the reality is the girls that are there are not interested in him and they see him as a friend. It's not something that he needs to, like, hack his Escape. way out of with his manly powers. Um, and that's a really, you know, damaging message to spread about how men and women interact. Next, uh... Taylor gives a little wink-wink that maybe the guys uh, will have uh, romances with each other this season. Um, we just would really like it if the contestants wouldn't play uh, gay relationships or queer relationships as a joke. Um, obviously, this is a very heteronormative show, um, but that doesn't mean that it's a joke that guys might fall in love. And so um, we're just going to give that a three. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guest, Diggy Moreland, and of course, our producer, Nick Offenberg. You can find Here to Make Friends anywhere you get your podcasts, but please seek us out on Apple Podcasts to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people find our show. You can also find both Emma and myself on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can always send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffpost.com. We'll be back next week for another two nights of Bachelor in Paradise. Lord help us. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. 
Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy. The way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. 